should be shouldn't it oh right it's something i guess well it has been you know we i think we recorded on the day that joe judge was fired or maybe the night before joe judge was fired but joe judge was fired brian yeah that's true he was fired (laughs) we haven't spoken to the people to the fans since that happened that's true he was relieved of his duties yeah first things first tip of the cap to john marrow Right. The job isn't done by any stretch of the imagination. But he did have to do something he didn't want to do. Yeah. Can I say, too, not only did John Merrick kind of do the thing that he had to absolutely do, and and that was good, but I will say that John Merrick exuded the proper level of shame, I thought, in that press conference. You know, he looked like ghostly. Like, he looked, he looked truly white and sickened and i felt like okay you know what i mean it wasn't just like we have failed and i'm changing things he had a face of like i i am coming here today to acknowledge there was a little bit of defiance around his brother and whatever but but for the most part i thought he exuded the proper level of humility and humiliation yeah i think that's fair (laughs) I do. Uh, And it's one of those things where, right, it's like you shouldn't have to. I mean, yeah, he did. And credit where credit's due. At the same time, it's it it couldn't have been more obvious that you should be humiliated. Right, right. You know, it's not like he's given a press conference after a seven and nine season and it's like, you know. Yeah, true. Or like after like Coughlin's ten and six when they didn't make the playoffs and he told everybody to kiss his ass. It's, yeah, it's hard, yeah, <laughs> which was the right tone. Right. Um, yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, and I mean, you also he did, you know, let it get to this point. <laughs> like, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but you're right. We very rarely see any sort of admitting of mistakes anymore, let alone proper levels of humiliation. Right. He looked like a man who has was coming to announce that he had failed everybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and he had. I it's it's still I'm having a lot of trouble still squaring that Dave Gettleman got to retire. Yeah, yeah. He's a villain, that guy. Right. He is. Right. He he does just like he's the Dick Cheney of the New York Giants. Like he's Yeah. <laughs> like i hate the human being that you are and you ruined the favorite thing in my entire life basically right right i know i mean and just like leaves with nothing you know like nothing to even point to as like well at least he did x you know it's like no just what a terrible waste of time those four years were i know and can we also just like lock it down like no credit to dave gettleman even if andrew thomas ends up being good like you can't draft exclusively terrible players. It's statistically impossible. You couldn't even do that if you tried, I don't think. You're going to hit on somebody. Something, yeah. You're going to make a good move. You have four years running an NFL franchise. I mean, if you just flipped a coin over every decision, something, some of it would right. turn out right. You know, I mean, yeah. it's impossible to do nothing right. Right. 
So let's not, let's just, I just want to put out there that there's a rule that you can't ever look back and try to justify the Dave Gettleman era. Yeah, no. And the, you know what? The funny thing, there will be, if, if you, like, I am off Twitter. I should announce as far as like a regular reading of it. I don't do it. And I'm, it's, I'm off that narcotic and it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. But there will be Gettleman truthers just in the same way that there are still those like in the dark recesses of the internet, like Isaiah Thomas, you know, (laughs) acolytes who will come on to be like, oh, you know, Scott Layden is the, you know, whatever. Right. The excuses are for Isaiah um that exists and there will um there will continue to be little pockets of weirdo gentleman defenders but that ship has sailed and i also want to say to the gentleman defenders along with the isaiah thomas defenders is whoever else you want to point to as it also being their fault the way that your argument falls apart is that i am also happy to blame anyone like it's it's Isaiah Thomas' fault. You want to say, oh well, Scott Layden did some stuff. Fine, Scott Layden did some stuff yeah, too. Forget he's terrible. Him. Yeah, like, he's awful too. Yeah, if you want to say like, well, yeah, Gettleman, but the head coaches. Were, yeah, I'm glad all the head coaches are gone. Go right. away. I hate you. Right, like, right. You know, whoever else you want to blame, it's still also Gettleman. So let's not. You know, I have no love for the other people that have gotten fired in the process too. Yeah, and you know, I think because I've been tech, you know, messaging you a little bit about like I, I think this this um focus on chris mara and tim whoever that other guy what is it like a son-in-law or something um he's a nephew nephew um you know to me like i do think gettleman is the villain of this story like i do think he i think he has had the most authority by far in that building and he is the most responsible for what has gone on here the last four years and I do think not that that other stuff is invalid or totally fair or worthy of criticism, but like if we're pointing a finger at somebody for what has gone on, it's Mara, it's John Mara, and then it's Dave Gettleman, like one and two. And I, I do think Gettleman is the most villainous because of the way he carried himself, the ego, the, you know, this attitude of like, I'm smarter than everybody else when you're not. In fact, you're dumber. Right. <laughs> you're terrible right so to me there hasn't been enough just full-throated venom directed his way i totally agree and it's just so inexcusable that he got to retire we kind of went into that so you have been talking to me a lot about all the nepotism charges uh that are coming out so i really want to focus on like i'm curious about why that has really seemed to jump out at you like because I think, too, I, I totally understand the points that you make. I think that they're valid surrounding, you know. So for those, just to fill everybody in, you know, Dan Duggan, I think today or yesterday, wrote a, an article for The Athletic about, you know, the di- the family dynamics of the Maras and all that goes into kind of running the Giants or whatever. And even before that article came out, you know, John Mara was asked in his press conference when he announced Joe Judge's firing about – um you know, the prominent positions that his brother and nephew play in the organization. And he did seem to not like that. Uh, and I think right from the jump, your your kind of instinct has been to not necessarily defend nepotism or Chris Mara specifically, but just sort of like you seem to think that this is not even nearly, this should not be on the media's radar at all. No, that's it. I mean, I think it's totally fair game and it's like totally worthy of criticism. And if I were the Giants, I would I would get rid of or I would figure out a way past it, whether you're either 
you know, full-throated defense. Chris Mara is an important part of the decision-making process and will be. Like, I just don't – I just think the emphasis on it distracts from – I don't think Chris Mara is, like, the biggest problem with the Giants. Like, you know, essentially he's just – and he is an extension of ownership who happens to, like, you know – have dedicated himself in some way to scouting, you know, where I think where if I'm John Mara, I kind of under, I can appreciate where he likes having somebody who's that close to him, who he can be like run stuff by, you know, to see if it passes the smell test with him. Like he, he having somebody who's that close to him, who he trusts knows more than he does. I can appreciate why that is appealing to him. Like, cause he's hiring a GM. He's going to hire some guy or let's say, right. He's going to hire whoever he's going to hire. He doesn't really know them. Like he can at least turn to Chris, you know, one, he can probably turn to Chris and he can, he can confess to him how little he knows, you know, like, what do mm-hmm. you like? Is yeah. that crazy? You know? And, and he can have Chris there to be like, no, 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 that's, that makes a lot of sense. Like it's, I just don't think it's that big a deal. And I actually think the giants are telling the truth about, his level of involvement. Like, I think he is there. He keeps track. You know, he is like a voice for John, somebody he can validate things with. Um, I don't think he is like meddling in the, like, like, I just don't think that Dave Gettleman didn't get to, like, this is not Dave Gettleman's team, that this is not the team he set out to build, that these are not the players he set out to draft. Like, these are not the coaches. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think those guys, um, and I just don't think that they found the goods on either of these guys. Like the guy, what the, the nephew, I mean, everybody seems like every article about him, like everybody does sing his praises, you know, it's, so it's like, it's just the, it doesn't look great. And I agree with that. And it's not ideal, but at the end of the day, these guys do get to own the team. Um, so why not make Chris Mara the general manager? Why not just do that? I mean, I think because then, you know, what do they do? <laughs> um, what does he do if if he does turn it over to Chris Mara and it's a total train wreck? He can't fire his brother. Um And then also, like, maybe he doesn't feel, maybe they don't think that's, you know what I mean? They don't. He doesn't have that level of expertise. Like he can't do that. Maybe he can't do the job effectively or they don't, you know, they want somebody. I don't think it's crazy for them to want an actual expert to like oversee the team. Oh, um, I don't, I had to be clear. I don't think that's crazy. I do not want them to make Chris Mara the GM, <laughs> I guess, because like the most fair criticism I thought that was in that Dan Duggan article is just that like in Dallas, where you've kind of pointed out that the same situation exists, the Joneses own it. You know, yeah, they're, yeah. We're the, we own the team. We make the decisions. So what? You know, where the Giants, much like with what they do with their with their hiring practices, is there's this sort of like nonsense around, well, no, I mean, it just so happens that our our relatives are incredibly skilled. And, and, and even if they weren't related to us, they probably would have ended up in the same spot anyway. I don't really see any reason to think otherwise. It's that sort of like, that's not a direct quote, but like, you know, it's that sort of like spin that they always try and put on it where it's just like, well, that's so stupid that now I don't know how I take anything you're saying seriously about this. No, I think that's totally fair criticism too. Like their thing, you know, this idea that he's like Chris Mara, he just scouts the draft and it's like, 
he has no authority here. Like that's BS. Like that is a dodge and they shouldn't say that. Like they should acknowledge like, of course he is an owner. He, he represents ownership. Like, so what he says matters. The point is he does not have the final say. And he, and I think it is a fact that he is not like majorly overruling anybody. Um, But you know, like I, and I do agree with that, that the Joneses like just own it. The flip side of that is like, so what they they sort of i guess that means they like take the accountability but they don't it's not like stephen jones is getting fired right like um and dallas has this super weird thing where like even dallas you know now mike mccarthy's on the hot seat and dallas it's such a like who they hire as coaches is this like curious thing because they need somebody plausible that he could actually do the job effectively but somebody who is willing to suffer the humiliation of working for Jerry Jones. <laughs> no, and again, I certainly don't want the situation that they have in Dallas. And I'm not asking for Chris Mara to be GM. It's just, I think I said this, I don't know if I said this on air or I've said this off air. I have no problem saying this on air. That, uh, you know, a licensed therapist has told me that my bullshit detector is set to high at all times. <laughs> and so... I've come to learn and accept that about myself and I work on it. But I think ultimately, like, it just infuriates me when they're like, you know, this whole attitude of like, well, how, how could anyone question Chris's credibility or it's like very easily. What are you talking about? Yeah, no, what? absolutely. Yeah. Like, that's all it is. And that's just like annoys me. I'm not saying I want us to be run like the Joneses. I just say at least. Their whole like, yeah, we own the team. I was talented enough to own the team. I can make these decisions, and that's like I can accept that. At least that's the truth. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think the better answer, if I were John Mayer, is to be like, "Look, I value his opinion. Yes, he is. I understand what you're saying. The conflict of interest it presents. Like he's a voice in the room. I can tell you that like the people we put in charge still have like." enough authority but i value his opinion enough that i appreciate you know that that i like having him here and but like the thing and and so i just think um i I just don't think that I, i i get it it's a totally fair line of attack it's totally worth asking them about i just have found like that dan dungan article that started this whole thing like to me, it was all about that. It was really about those two guys. And I just don't think that that is the dysfunction with the Giants. Like, I think Dave Gettleman, it, it, like, I would much rather hear about who did he bring in? Who did he listen to? Who did he trust? Like, because to me, that is the real point of failure. And I, I agree with that completely. And it's also, how how is there not more dirt on that guy? You would have thought that it'd all be coming out. How awful his reign went. And where's it been? Yeah, I mean, how did he go about making some of these decisions? Like, like a TikTok of the Beckham trade, and like, and also the fact that they signed Beckham and then traded him at a, this huge loss of money. Like, you know, what went down with Leonard Williams, and and whose decision was that, and who was in assessing the cap ramifications or the draft ramifications of that? Like, how does that process play out? Like, yeah, that's so true. Where was Kevin Abrams on that? The cap genius that he is, <laughs> right? Yeah, and just like you know. I don't know, like all these different moves. I just think I want to know what that guy's process was. And I just think this focus on, on these two, you know, guys is just, I don't think that's really the, the biggest, you know, 
I wrong here. And I agree with you, especially when looking backwards. Looking backwards should be all about who did, who had Dave Gettleman's ear. I totally agree with that. I am curious though, like moving forward. I'm curious to find out what's going to happen because, you know, I think it's one thing for Chris Mara to work under Dave Gettleman, who had a long history working within the Giants, clearly had a relationship with the Maras overall. And so, you know, maybe that's a different relationship for him to to manage versus now someone, an outsider being let in to the Meadowlands and for the first time in since 1978 or whatever, that might change a lot because whoever it is doesn't, isn't going to have an existing relationship with John Mara. And so there might not be the kind of direct line that Gettleman had in case Chris, you know, was speaking out of school or, or what have you. And I, I worry about that. I think that that, you know, yeah, that's fair. And that's where I feel like, 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 let's say they were having trouble getting candidates because they wouldn't, they didn't like this situation. Then I think it would be, a, you, you know, then it'd be like, okay, let's focus on this. What's going on here. Or let's say they bring somebody in and they start immediately butting heads with, with Chris Mara and this, you know, nephew, like, then I think it's totally fair. <laughs> Whose name I can't, can't I know it's like Tim. <laughs> Tim. <laughs> I forget. It's like Montgomery or am I totally off? I don't know. I think it's uh, McDonald. Oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I just um, I think we should just call him the nephew. That's the my nephew. <laughs> but you know, if you started like if you those started stories started coming out, like then okay, this is a problem. They got to fix it. It just doesn't. You don't. That's not what you're hearing. You know, like I don't think that was what was going on. And so, like if you know, if we start getting some GM candidates like pulling out, they don't like this situation you know, then it becomes totally fair game. I just, I don't think right now, like it's there yet. Yeah, I agree. I just think every, I also just kind of think everything's fair game with them right now. No, fair, true. I just think yeah. making it, I, it just seems to have played an oversized role in the coverage of the the dysfunction in my Right, mind. well, and I also think like everything else so far, it's just too little too late. Like where was all this? The great, now that the Giants have decided to fire everybody and start from scratch and change their ways. Now we're questioning all these ancient practices of theirs that didn't seem to make any sense. Where was the pressure for Chris Mara like two, three years ago? Right, always. He's been there forever. I know. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, for Well, sure. I mean, when we're bad, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I understand there not being a lot of criticism when we were good, but we've been bad for a long time yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And it's only after Gettleman is fired that suddenly it seems like the Giants beat is full of all these questions. Like, right. I had these questions for a while now <laughs> yeah no and then joe judge and dave gettleman were there was some tension there it's like really first time anyone's hearing about it like yeah when did, when did you guys know that yeah right that good, would have been good to know why didn't we schedule and sanction a fight to the death in giant stadium and like if and if that's so like that is a huge problem like yeah. those two guys you know that is something that you you know can't happen um so that to me is much more interesting is there any are there any candidates right now that have your juices flowing? I don't I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know who's a good, you know. I know a lot of people like the Buffalo guy, like what do I know? Um, you know, how do I know if the VP of player personnel for the 49ers knows right. what the hell what the hell he's doing? Um, I'm just glad at least it's a real search. Yeah, I agree. 
You know what I would love to not have to hear about, even though, I mean, it's already too late? Our coaching trees. Yeah. I don't, who cares? Yeah, yeah. Like, was Bill Belichick great because he worked for Bill Parcells? I doubt it hurt him. But yeah, like, yeah. If he never worked for Parcells, he's not who he is today. I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it's only because Bill Walsh, you know, had this super successful one, and that's what really created this idea. Um, and then a few other guys seemingly have had, like Andy Reid, I guess, although now his looks like, you know, a little less naggy. He's been a bust. Doug Peterson's already been fired. Um, well, like, also, if you think about the um... – Whatever the the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl, not the most recent one with Brady, but the one before was a two thousand two, two thousand three, whenever that was, right? If you look at some of the assistants on that staff, you had Mike Tomlin on that staff, you had Raheem Morris on that staff, Rich Bisacci was on that staff. Uh, I mean, a, a host of other guys. But so is Gruden? Is the Gruden tree maybe the strongest in modern football? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so silly. Guys work places. They learn from people. And it's like, I just think it's so dumb too. Like Belichick, you know, his assistant coaches, they don't know how to coach. Like, I don't know that that's true. I think they probably know how to coach. They haven't had a ton of success, but I mean, they all end up going to coach terrible teams. You know, that might have something to do with it too. I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, there are some guys who seem to have had staffs that have had legs, but like, how come you never hear about the failures of the Pete Carroll tree, Dan Quinn, and uh, whoever that guy was who went to Jacksonville for a few years, I can't remember. I think he's a defensive coordinator in uh, in Las Vegas now. But either way, like, I don't know. It's so weird. It's, it, there are certain coaches where their coaching tree is very meaningful, and we evaluate them very carefully. Some yeah. coaches don't even have a tree, even though they've been incredible. Like Pete Carroll. No one talks about the Pete Carroll tree. That yeah, guy has yeah. been a successful NFL coach for a decade. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's just so silly. Yeah, I agree. That doesn't mean much. Right. No trees. Just get someone good. Just get a good coach. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be be happy with all the candidates. I'm just happy about all of them. Yeah. I'm also, it's like, I don't think there's any point in talking about the coaches until they pick the GM. Yeah. Um, Because I don't think you're going to have any clue. What do you mean? This stuff, this like Brian Flores, you know, that the giant or, and the Jim Harbaugh, which I don't buy for one second. Um, In fact, all these rumors going around the giants, I, I just, am like, have any of you like met the Giants? Like <laughs> Deshaun Watson and Brian Flores, um, or Jim Harbaugh? Like they're not doing either of those things. Like whether whether you think they should or not, they aren't. I'm curious. I'm surprised you say that about Jim Harbaugh. What do you think is the turnoff of Jim Harbaugh? I think he's too volatile for them. He's too yeah. big a personality. Like. He doesn't play nice with others. You know, he's caused an issue everywhere he's ever been. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't. Couldn't you say the same about Coughlin, though? Not really. He doesn't play nice with his players, but like, he doesn't, you know, Jim Harbaugh has trouble with his bosses. Right. That's true. Giants don't like that. And and Jim Harbaugh is like, it's about him. You know, he's the star when he, when he's the head coach, he's as much a star as the quarterback. I don't think they want that either. That's true. Well, who's got it better than he does, Brian? Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't see either of those moves. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Deshaun Watson is just flat out crazy. They're not trading for Deshaun Watson. I, mean, I don't care if all his legal troubles cleared up tomorrow. I still would, would be shocked if they did that. We traded away Odell Beckham because he pretended to pee. Right. Like, 
We're not right. trading for Deshaun Watson. Oh my god. And we acted like the whole Odell Beckham era was like this to be endured, you know, it was like <laughs> right, this thing. Oh, <laughs> right. The chaos was just couldn't even handle it. <laughs> oh god. God bless Odell. He had a big game last night. He did. He did. Yeah. Good for him. I have no ill will towards Odell. I have nothing but love for Odell. I am shocked. Same. I still am shocked that he didn't do better. I, I don't. I still don't understand why things went the way they went for him. I know his injuries. And... I think he was always sort of banged up. Yeah. Probably. You know. Yeah. Towards the end. I think. Um. But it is a new era of Giants football. I honestly hate coaching and GM searches because I just want all my information right now. Have you, Has that improved with your Twitter absence? Are you no longer as impatient for information? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely times, there's moments where I'm like wondering if, oh, am I missing? Like when something, a news breaks, I'm not getting that instant like evaluation of it, you know? Mm-hmm. But overall... I'm really happy to not be getting the streaming, you know, opinion, opinion, opinion of every person in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't need every person's opinion all at once. And it's also it's so shocking how many people I disagree with on so oh. many things. And they make you so angry. And you're like, why am I doing this to myself? Right. Right. Because why do they see the world that way? I don't get it. Yeah. And I do think sports, you know, I'm I'm enjoying stepping back from people's like during games, you know, where it's just like, like, yeah. I guarantee, like, I'm sure Kyler Murray last night just got roasted to shreds, you know, right? And like, I just don't need to like, everything is so reactive. After one performance, this guy stinks, this guy's good. Um, I, it's just I can't take it anymore. I agree. I'm gonna have to get off the old tweets too maybe <laughs> i've been i've found it really really good for my emotional well-being <laughs> <laughs> well brian i found something this weekend that was fantastic for my emotional well-being and that was cobra kai season four. Oh yeah it was good uh i love that for your emotional well-being though <laughs> yes i mean <laughs> You know, there was look. There was some sadness, certainly, but I have confidence. I have confidence that Miguel Diaz is gonna. You know, he's gonna know where Johnny's heart really lies, and you know, he'll be okay. I think that show, though, I, I that show gives me intense anxiety when I watch it. Just <laughs> something about the fact that they're children. And the karate is so much more intense than the <laughs> the originals. You know that like you're just always like somebody's going to get very hurt you know <laughs> well but see that's almost to me that's what makes it like i thought that that the karate and the fighting in in the original movies was too real like right there's no teenagers that fight at this level let alone like a hundred of them right, right you know what i mean in the movie that was like that to me was like what a really good teenage karate fighter would look like. Right. And then, and then it's like in the whole skeleton scene in the first movie, they could have killed Daniel. Like, right. They killed him, you know? And I feel like in Cobra Kai, every fight should result in a death. So they clearly they're all meaningless. It's like, you know. It's yes, just... but I just like, yeah, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> Somebody right. call it an adult. 
like, don't teach your kids karate. Karate is a gateway drug to like psychopathy. <laughs> but also, the adults getting involved isn't helping. It's no, making right. it worse. It's just making it so much worse. Right. That's true. I- I thought, and I want to, you know, some spoiler alerts here. It's just, we're going to talk about the season. It's all out there. Go watch it. It's awesome. They did such a good job of, like, snapping adults out of these crazy moments that they're in, in just, like, the funniest way. Like, when Tori gets fired from her waitressing job because Mrs. LaRusso goes to visit her, that was was so funny, I thought. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) She has this moment of, like, oh, God. Like, yeah. what have I done? <laughs> right. She, like, turned herself into Lex Luthor for a couple minutes. And it's almost cartoonish, like, what a villain she's being. Right. <laughs> and then some, like, someone's like, can I get my soup? <laughs> right. <laughs> she's like, oh, what oh, am I right. doing? What am I doing? You know, <laughs> you're right. She's like, I will kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in fairness to her, that girl was, like, a genuine psychopath and yeah. like you know in her mind may murder her only beloved daughter <laughs> right you know like to which though she just chose to address herself in a restaurant right. not even through the police like <laughs> right true what's everyone doing on this show right right nobody's involving the proper authorities <laughs> right and why would you go to the authorities there's constant violence in this town <laughs> there's like a vicious fight where are the police right somebody call the police or police don't even need to be called be around you don't have to look that hard like are the rules of assault different if you use karate like and if both people know karate can you allow yeah yeah can you fight as aggressively as you want like it's like no well we both knew karate like i don't think that's the way it works (laughs) (laughs) i want to talk about the second episode of the season because first of all sports uh there's uh, that that whole episode is an offense versus defense debate right what's more important what's more prominent um you know, uh, and so I thought that was pretty funny to have Johnny and Daniel debating offense and defense. But to me, my favorite, I think my favorite moment since season one was Johnny is about, Johnny's just like, I'm not painting a house. First of all, this is even how you paint a house. This is ridiculous. I'm not doing this. And then he's like, he opens up a beer and, and he says, he says, listen, maybe this is for you. But this defense stuff is not for me. Offense is always going to be more badass. And right, he's right. he's right. He's yeah, right. Yeah. And then Daniel, and, and this was, an, he chops the beer bottle in half, a callback to what Miyagi was able to do. I didn't like how Daniel did it because Daniel's just annoying, but that's, we'll get to that in a minute. But then Daniel correctly points out, he's like, I get it. But no one was more badass than Mr. Miyagi. Like, right. ultimately, this is Mr. Miyagi's karate, and no one in the history of this franchise was more badass than him. And then Johnny, without a word, just picks the paintbrush back up and gets back to it. Because right. he knows it! Yeah, right, right, right. Like, if you're if you're talking trash about this style of karate, like, who, of everybody in this universe, who right. would you most want to be? Yeah. Mr. Miyagi. Right, or who do you least want to fight? Him. Right, right, he'll kill you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. 
here's this little tiny man who will absolutely dominate you. Right. And that, and then Johnny's reaction was perfect. He didn't even say anything. Just yeah. picked the, it's just like, just pick the brush back up. Right. And it's like, yep, he All is. Right. He right. is a badass. Right. That's true. That is true. That was a great moment. Yeah. Oh, that I was, I, I almost stood up. I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> And to be fair, I thought they shortchanged Johnny. I think the problem was is that Johnny sort of like has espoused his teachings on the show because, you know, he was the the teacher. So we didn't really need a reframing of Johnny's stuff. And I think that like him having Daniel climb the chain was kind of dumb, but. Um, oh, right, right. Yeah. Oh, and I also like because I, I know I remember the scene. It's it's in the second movie when uh, Mr. Miyagi says, uh best defense no be there and when johnny sets up daniel for that fight in the hockey rink and johnny just disappears and he comes back at the end of the fight and daniel's like where were you and he goes no be there (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i liked the whole thing too about the like prank that the kids pull when they try to get out of the fight and like johnny hating that because it was like daniel with the like yeah 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 and his daughter was right. Like, all we did was provoke them more. Like, right, right. We're not going to. And like, Daniel, did you learn nothing, man? All you did was provoke people. Just blend in. Try to disappear or fight. But you can't, like, do these, like, pranks. Right, right. That's true. Right. Yeah. Right. That's kind of, that's funny. That's like, um, sometimes with my kids, like, my son is always ready to fight and my daughter will sometimes like find these little moments to like provoke him, but in a, you know, needling way. And then he overreacts and like, I do get more mad at him, but sometimes I am like, you can't start this unless you're ready to match his intensity. Right. And if you're not, then yes, I know you want to get back at him, but like, right those things don't work don't spray them with the hoses if you're not ready to meet them on the battlefield yeah Yeah. (laughs) because it's a fighting act right yeah it's a declaration of war you have to be ready for war otherwise just you you can't do it right if you pick a fight and lose you can't complain about losing the fight you were concerned about miguel diaz's physical conditioning well, not concerned. I was a little disappointed in his physical conditioning, you know, especially with the shape that Robbie showed back up in. I know. Um, I thought he met the moment of of the season. <laughs> I totally agree. What do you think happened there? Like, because I feel like pictures of the kid, the actual human that plays M- Miguel Diaz, he didn't seem like too, you know, out of shape or whatever. I mean, he's not terribly out of shape. He's just, you know, it is like you're meant to be the all valley like karate champ. Two-time champ. Yeah. You're just, you look a little bit soft. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I didn't like it. But I'm mean, Robbie, this was a fantastic season for Robbie. Yes, it was. He's a complicated figure, this Robbie. I, I did mean, feel bad for him to not get it, to not win, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so did I. But I was, I was happy for him. He seemed at peace with it. He did. You're right. Do you think it was like not having that the final didn't come down to Miguel and Robbie 
like were you good with that wrinkle me yeah yeah yes okay i will say this i was good with miguel walking away that made sense to me yeah yeah you know because it was and i think too this show has been really good at like even with the terry silver character they addressed the absurdity of the third movie even though they sort of ended up doubling down on it they still addressed it early where he was like i mean i was running a multi-million dollar corporation and i stopped <laughs> to just torment a teenager for a few months that was, that was a crazy That's thing to madness, do right <laughs> and they brought it up but then he did it again right right but it was believable because he at least he had some awareness of how crazy it was the first time right and so i did think that this show <laughs> <laughs> to just torture a teenager for a few months. <laughs> and some harmless Japanese man who just trying right. to sell some trees. <laughs> but, but so I did think the show was sort of hitting a level where the adults were acting too ridiculous. Right. That you needed a, a kid to be like, guys. What are we doing here? Right, right. Like even right. Daniel LaRusso, you run a wildly successful car dealership. Right. You're just hanging out with teenagers all day in your sweats, just meditating. You can't do right, that. Right, For no good reason. Yeah. Right. So you did need a kid, I think, to take a stand. And I think Miguel was the right guy to do it. And uh, I think, like, uh, Hawk, I, 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 thought, I thought they set the whole... I don't know how. To, I don't know. I don't know what to do about that. Yeah, I guess the only thing it made me think of a little bit is the first Creed, where it's like really good a movie, and the final fight like doesn't totally have the, the juice that you kind of wanted it to, you know? Right. Um, but I agree with you. I agree with you. Ultimately, I was fine with it. I also think that like. <laughs> I, I also think that like um, there wasn't enough sort of there was pr- I mean uh, <laughs> do you need to answer that? No, I don't. That's the thing. I can see the number. It's definitely spam. I get a call from this number every single day. It's just someone trying to sell me Gatorade that I can't even buy Gatorade from because they're not a vendor. Anyway, uh, what was I? What was I trying to say? Oh, there was no real just sort of direct conflict between miguel or robbie like it was all history based like you knew that they didn't like each other that they were you know they have this history and this tension but there was no storyline that even brought them together i think the only time that they were even in the same place was the prom and they were eyeing each other across the room like two enemies who have been in several fights to near death would but there was no conflict between them so it would have been weird if we got the ultimate fight between them this year i think Right, who faced several fights to near death. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, like, I think that, and also this was definitely like a, a move the ball season. Yeah. You know? I gotta say, I, I think it was effective, but, like, the the bringing Tori back from, like, pure villain you know like was a was a, a leap was a hard leap to really make you're like I, I wanted to be like you guys realize how far down the other direction you brought that character like right. she was a savage animal <laughs> if i met that 
if I met that actress in the street, I would be like cautious around her. Like she, I'll give her, it's a great performance. Like she's terrifying. (laughs) Also, how long has John Kreese been terrorizing this community that he's just not on anybody's radar? Nobody cares about this guy. He showed up in last season. He showed up at a school board meeting. Right. And, and just pull the wool over everyone's eyes. Like, that guy has been terrorizing your community for, like, 30 years. He's, like, he's been, like, responsible for all the bullying I in know. your town. Nobody's asking some hard questions about the dojos. Also, this community is karate crazed. I mean, they love yeah. karate. Yeah. I feel like that would be cool. Like, there's there's communities that have obscure interests, I'm sure. Is there like a karate crazy town somewhere in California, you think? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I doubt uh, there's a karate crazy town that's quite as white as this, you know, this yeah. place is. It is a shame that Pat Morita is not still around. To, to oh, I know. Parents. I know. Although, I don't know. I don't know how he fits in on the show. Yeah. But I don't know. Somehow it would have been. I guess he died right. in the in the universe too. Actually, so what am I saying? Right? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, with uh, uh, well, no, he no, he, he wasn't. Yeah, he's not dead. I mean, yeah, he, okay. they, you're right. Pat yeah, Morita's yeah. dead. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Not until Cobra Kai do we learn that he has passed. Yeah, but yeah. I did love that kind of the son being like. I'm so sick of hearing about this guy. I never yeah. met him. Like, and Daniel, I, I you know, because I, I think they always did it with his character, but they really ramped it up this year, and it was getting really annoying. And I guess I figured that it's on purpose, especially at the end when the son says something about it. But um, it was like, uh, you know, it, like everything Daniel says is like, well, Mr. Miyagi used to tell me. <laughs> like, do you have any of your own thoughts, Daniel? Right. <laughs> No, it's Mr. Miyagi. Right. So I thought that was a great uh, plot line, too. And I just love Johnny Lawrence meeting people and being unfriendly. It's just yeah. like <laughs> my favorite part of the show. Oh, you're the son? Would you switch to Whopper Juniors? <laughs> I just do think I appreciate Pat Morita more and more as the year goes by, like how much he... You know, that that character could have so easily been a cartoon, you know, and he yep. really makes it a real person. Um, and it's always amazing when good actors can do that. Yeah. And he's that guy sure. doesn't probably get enough credit and didn't do enough stuff other than that. You know, like he probably could have played many a cool character um, that he didn't get to. Also, great actor. Just like, you know, he almost didn't get the part because he was uh, on Happy Days and... Right. Uh, you know, they like didn't even take him seriously to audition for it. And we would have been robbed of one of the great performances in American yeah, history. Yeah, he is a great actor. That's what I mean. He's not, I don't think people think of him as that way, but yeah, it's so a great you, performance. We're going to be getting our families together not long from now. And we, I think we've sort of casually discussed that we're going to show our kids, the Karate Kid, the original yes. movie. I'm excited about it. I... I have. I may or may not have purchased some headbands <laughs> for us all to wear while we watch the movie. <laughs> a, a choice can be made. Minds can be changed mid-movie. But uh, 
I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I am mostly excited to watch this with your son. Yeah, he'll be into it. You'll, you'll, you will have to do a lot of karate with him over the course of the next, the coming days following. Yeah, oh, I'm prepared for that. That's. <laughs> I know he's your son, but I feel like I need to watch this movie with him. I'm very right. happy that I get to watch this movie with him. He's a handful physically. He's reached that <laughs> oh, stage. Oh, yeah. Like, when you're just doing that kind of joke stuff with him, like, he's... It's not, you have to like bring some, you know, <laughs> some heat. <laughs> yeah. Just like your stance. You need to bring some power to at least your defense. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I have fostered a sense of, I mean, not that your son requires this, but <laughs> I have continually fostered a sense of aggression with him. Yeah. No, you're right. It doesn't take much, but you're right. 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 Um, it doesn't take much, but I have not shied away from it. Like, I don't know what's making me think of this. I think um, the Pat Morita talk of, of obscure, great acting performances. I have a show for you that you should watch. Have you ever okay. heard of the show Halt and Catch Fire? Yes, I have. Have you watched any of it? No. It's fantastic. Um, Isn't it about like, like Apple and Microsoft or something? It's or? just about the early stages of computers and the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about like a fictional company competing with all of those companies. Um, and it's amazing, like really, really, really good. Um, and, but there's one of the actors in it, um, is, um, this guy, Kobe Huss is his name. And he played the whiz in that old Seinfeld episode. The, the guy from the whiz commercial. Oh, Remember when yeah. Elaine like secretly starts dating, um, the guy from the, the Nobody Beats the Whisk commercial. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so he's a character in it. And he's one of those guys. He's been in a bunch of stuff. You see his face, you know. Didn't know his name until the show. But he's just, like, awesome in it, you know? And, like, those are just my favorite type of acting performances. Like, where these guys who've been around but finally get this, like, juicy, meaty part and just knock it out of the park, you know? Yeah. Well, like Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. Yes. Another, Another yeah, Seinfeld example. alum. Yes. Yeah. So true. Seinfeld probably has a ton of them. I know. I mean, in Skyler. Fact, they do. Uh, what, what's his name? Um, one of the guys from Veep was had a small role on um, Seinfeld and then, you know, nailed, nailed the Veep part. The guy who's like her um, right-hand man. Um what the heck is that guy's name? He's amazing. Like the press secretary? No. Um, Not Gary from uh, the guy from Ben. Uh, Kevin Dunn. Uh, ben. Kevin Dunn is his name. He's it's like the, the old name. wise, like sage, you know, guy that like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and on Seinfeld, he's like a he's like this drunk that like borrows. Uh, I forget what he is on Seinfeld, but he's he has some small role. But anyway, he's amazing in that show too. But another guy where you've seen his face a zillion times, and then wait, is this the guy did, on Seinfeld? Was he the like the lawyer, the cocaine sniffing lawyer? Because um, he's in Veep too. That guy's in Veep too. I don't think I forget. Um, I forget what he is on Seinfeld, but he's in a couple Seinfeld episodes. 
the you know the guy the guy who sniffs a lot and Kramer takes a picture of him on the toilet. <laughs> yes, yes, he's yes. on Veep too. That guy. <laughs> but yeah, it's just always cool when somebody who like I don't know you just realize you know how much is you know like just the right opportunity like these people who are so talented who never like somehow don't get the right roles like it's so much like we think it's all you know preordained but it's just so like luck of the draw and um and then with the way that some actors who are so great and stuff then they like just don't for years and you know it's like a cameron um who now is in succession yes it's like nobody nobody could find a good role for that guy all these years like who was so brilliant in ferris bueller's day off and we all were like wow that guy's so amazing and it took this long for like somebody to find something else for him to do that's great like it's so weird well that's why almost to bring this full circle but like i do have some sympathy for joe judge in that you know look he did a terrible job but he also had the deck stacked against him in crazy ways and it is like if he gets a head coaching job 10 times does he fail all 10 times you know what i mean and like yeah yeah yeah. now there's a flip to it where everybody loves to point out like oh belichick failed in cleveland but that was different he didn't fail like he didn't fall on his face face (laughs) like he just wasn't the playoffs yeah right he just wasn't who he is uh now but yeah i mean how many you know head coaches you think are out there that you know, they, they came into a crap situation and they weren't maybe good enough to overcome the situation, but they're still probably awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Joe Judge, all Joe Judge had to do was just shut the hell up. Oh my God, <laughs> I know. He'd probably still be coaching right now. Yeah, right. He'd be doing OTAs or playing at the draft or whatever you do at this time of year, but it's... <laughs> But man, no, nah, you Just got triggered by talking. a question. Yeah, right. keep it Just together. Stop talking. Yeah, so true. <laughs> stop talking, Joe. Um. All right, Brian. Any quick closing thoughts about the Knicks? Um. I don't know. Are you worried about Obi? Am I worried about Obi? No, I, I don't. I don't feel him. like I worry. I don't know that it's time to trade. I mean, if they did, they did. I just feel sad about Obi. It makes me sad. It either makes yeah, me happy or sad. Been, he's been really struggling. I don't know. It's interesting. I feel like Tibbs just doesn't. I'm worried that Tibbs is like losing him a little. He seems really. Um, frustrated with his role but then again it's like i always get it like there was a, a, a moment the other day where he just let a guy go by him on, a, on on defense like so badly where he just lost his man and the, the guy got wide open for a dunk and tips pulled yeah. him right away yeah and it was just like yeah man like you can't you just can't handle that <laughs> right you know the thing about obi is it's like is i think the, the reason i don't get too upset about obi is i just have a proper perspective on who he is like i don't think he's yeah. gonna be you know a super duper star for us i don't think he's you know nothing i think he's suffering from not having either derrick rose or alec burks in his you know unit um 
and uh, you know, he's just sucks. a guy who's so dependent on who's around him and it, to get yes. the best out of him, and it is tough. It just stinks that he's not good defensively because it's just so hard to get truly excited about him. Because I really like yeah. him; he's so exciting, he's so fun, um, but it's just a killer. Yeah. Right. I mean, the thing he does bring to the table, though, is just that electricity. Like, yeah, you know, uh, and it's hard to it's hard to, like, not like a guy that brings electricity. And it's kind of one of the things with Randall, right? Like, of course, he's more talented. Of course, he's better. He's had, you know, a higher career high. But he's not his game's not exciting. He doesn't play with a ton of energy, even at his best. I wouldn't call his play like energetic. Yeah. And so that's why it's easier to sort of like be frustrated with him. Yeah. It's been exciting the last, you know, few games though. I feel like RJ emerging. I think if he becomes if he could become the best player on the team by the end of the season, this would be a, a super successful season. I know. I feel like I've gotten more nervous watching RJ. Like I like I'm just like oh, be real. Just like don't, Yeah, I know. Don't I know. lose it tonight. Just be real. You have to keep doing it, RJ. Oh, it's made me I more know. nervous. That's true. I know, because it's like, don't go back. I can't go back to where you were right. like uh, two weeks ago. Right, we can't <laughs> go back. Sorry. Only forward. We must keep going forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we must. So they got, who are they playing tonight? Are they playing I don't right? know. They have a brutal stretch coming up. Um, it's actually not this, this, the rest of the month, they really need to play well the rest of January, and then February is brutal. Yeah. We'll all be looking forward to that. Yeah, so next time we'll we'll be, we'll have more Knicks. We'll get into them in the coming yeah. weeks, I think. Right. Yeah, because you know what? Now uh right. Only the only Giants news is who's the new GM, who's the new coach, but other than that, we're full go on the Knicks. So they better not let us down, Brian. <laughs> tell tell your friend Julius. <laughs> hey, Julius Don't you let has me been down. Not- He's been he's showing signs of life. He has. He has. I don't trust him. I uh, I if he can pull himself out of this, it would go a long way though. I, I would I, I would really respect that. Um I respect how he's played the last few games, like I think it would be super impressive. I agree. I agree. I got my eye on him. Close <laughs> close watch on you, Julius. All right, Brian, I think that's all for this week. Who can tell? We've had so many technical difficulties. I have no idea how long we've been talking. Yeah, about. I, think it's, I think it's roughly good. If yeah. there's I think a few we... minutes of dead air, hey, we'll give, it's, like, it's like the end of a Zoom call. We'll give you a little time back. We'll give you a few minutes back. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the end of a meeting that runs early. <laughs> yeah. All right, fans. We'll see you next week. <laughs>